Welcome back to the League Seems. Look at round 26 of the NRL season. Just eight games between now and the final series. And yet, it is still a tight race from positions five through to eight. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Unlimited Front Row Program. And with stats performed, joining me, the man with the headlines, 2SM's Reese Sullivan. G'day, Reese. G'day, g'day, AJ. Well, here we are. We have one week left. We know. There are now 10 teams left in the race for the finals. Mm-hmm. And spots have been confirmed. So we have mm-hmm. effectively five spots, five teams fighting for three spots. So what a final round we have planned for us. We do. And some of the positions mean Newcastle are pretty safe where they are at the moment in fifth position. But even top four spots are still a lottery for some teams, you know, there's still so much to play for it. It's what makes the minor, it so- the minor premierships gone down to the final week as well. When was the last time we had that? Oh, um, 2018, I think. 2018, I think. Yeah, that's when, right. When the top four all finished on 34 points. And the Roosters scraped through over four and against. Yeah. That's right. How time flies when the Roosters are on top again. Take me back to some of those days. But we're going to go through everything. Uh, Round, what was it? Round six of the NRLW. Round 26 of the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. And the first week of finals in the Host Plus Cup. So much to get through. Let's just crack straight into it. Thursday night, Parramatta 32, Penrith 18. A rare chance where a win for Parramatta also confirmed their fate in this season's Telstra Premiership. Um... Parramatta, they played well. They absolutely blew Penrith off the park in this game. And you know what? It's just crazy that Parramatta saved their best performance for the season when their season's over. Isn't it? I mean, look, Penrith have six losses on the year and two of them have been against Parramatta, which is a team that's not even making the top eight. Mm-hmm. Like, that is incredible. But, yeah, Parramatta, they've had Penrith's number now in the regular season. I think, obviously, they're undefeated in the regular season last two years. I think, if memory serves me right, they also took a game off in 2021 as well. Um, incorrect. Incorrect, okay. 2020, uh, they, 2020 they took a game yeah. because that was... Only, only, team, coming out party. only team to beat them until the grand final. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, Penrith, they just didn't look really... You know, we've seen Penrith these last three, four seasons just come out to be absolutely clinical all the way through. This is probably the worst game they've played in that time period. Yeah, I tend to agree. But I think the big thing for me, and everyone talks about the Cleary factor for me, I think this proved another thing. How much of a clog Dylan Edwards has been in this side, yeah. hasn't it? Massively. You know, we, we saw it a little bit. Um, I think it was... When was Edwards injured? Was it last year or this year? I keep forgetting. Uh, I think it might have been last year. Yeah. Yeah. They got through that. But, again, they looked shaky. And Crichton at the back, 
if you're a Bulldogs fan, you start asking questions, you know, especially How much with, they pay? Oh, a lot. Um, especially, especially now with Avarillo leaving, you're down to really either Frighton, Perham or Taff as your fullback options next season. Again, none of those really stand out. Maybe Taffy. I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted to start Taffy, but we'll save the Bulldogs talk for a little bit later. Um, Jerome Luai gone after 26 minutes. Um, the talk for me isn't whether Luai's going to make it back in week two or week three. The talk for me was Jack Cogger and Nathan Cleary's halves combination. I'm, I don't think they gel well together. I think they're both organising halves. And I think Penrith needs to look a different option other than Jack Cogger, to be honest with you. I think it goes two ways. I think, number one, it would have been more smooth if Edwards had have been there because then Edwards can sort of play that role of 5-8 a little bit in attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can sort of have Crichton or, you know, Targo drift across to one side and basically play that fullback. Um, but on the other side, too, having Luai in the team is so important to that left edge. It's really what makes that dominant rugby league. Him, Martin, I know Crichton wasn't playing there this week, but when he's at centre in front four, they're such, you know, such a consistent unit, and that's because of Luai's performances. With him gone, there's a lot of question marks as to how they can get that left side active in, especially in a final situation, if they're going up against a Warriors or a Storm. They need to have that left side firing. 100%. A debut for Jesse McLean. A bit of a mixed bag debut for Jesse. Some good moments, some bad moments. So, basically, what a debut brings for a player. But on to Parramatta, uh, Clint Gutherson, um, gone with a knee. Uh, obviously, that won't be much of an impact. Mike Acevo picking up four tries for the second time in his career. Uh, good to see Dylan Brown firing. Yeah, exactly. It's just a shame that. Yeah, you know, Paris season had to come to an end with this performance. They did it to themselves. They knew what they had to do to get them a chance in the finals, and they couldn't deliver. I know, obviously, Mitch Moses going out has hurt them. But now the next question is going to be, what do we do with Brad after moving forward? Yeah. I've spoken about this a little bit before, but you look at how Guffo performed, obviously, against the... Panthers, you look at how he performed against the Roosters as well um, in that second half against the Broncos of Moses out, and then going back to having no Brown uh, through his suspension. You, you know, he performed much better than he did when Brown and Moses were both able to play. Mm-hmm. If you're a team with those three players, you need to have them all firing together. And for me, going forward, you have to question if Brad Arthur is able to, as a coach, find that middle ground between their big three and work out how to get them all going at the same time. If he can't do that, I think Parramatta's premiership window is shut permanently. Um, So I think the Eels have a massive decision on their hands. Um, And then the question becomes, if you do decide to move on from Arthur, who do you bring in? 100%. 100%, mate. Um, 
Anything else on this game? I think Jermaine Hopgood off the bench, 63 minutes, was quite strong. Paulo as well, outstanding. Uh, off the hand, Gowie probably played his best game in Parramatta Reels colours. Um, but for the Panthers, they take on the Cowboys next week. I'd be willing uh, to keep as is. Yeah, uh, well, Ivan Cleary comes out and says they're not planning to rest any players for the Cowboys game. Do you believe that for a second? No. Especially with um, Nathan not having had a rest. Uh, Yo hasn't had a rest yet, I don't think. Um, so those two guys, I think, especially will have a sit down. But you got to and... remember too, Reese, that Cleary's just come off a long rest with injuries. Yeah, I, know, I know that, but you have to remember he was doing a fair bit of rehab uh, during the injury process to make sure he came back 100%. I'd play him. I'd play him. I, I mean, with Luai out, I don't know if you have a choice, to be honest. But he's going to have to do, from where I said, he's going to have to do so much work, definitely in week one of the finals. And then maybe going forward, if Luai misses another game, he's going to have to do so much of that work. Yeah, you know? but I just think that you need to get as much time building that combination as possible in the limited window you have. Because what's their week one going to be? Say, for example... If they don't win the minor right, premiership, they're right going to have now, a game against the Warriors. the Warriors. It'll be the Warriors. Yeah. And the Warriors have been a hard team to crack. They had trouble trying to crack them in Magic Round. And they've been getting and, better and better. And that was with Cleary Edelweiss. Yeah. Nice segue, too. Uh, Warriors <laughs> 18, Dragons 6. Now, a lot of focus is on the Warriors, and rightly so. They scored two quick tries and you probably thought they were going to go on and run away with it, but they just struggled to crack the Dragons, I think. They had a couple of chances go astray. They had Fadua Blake drop the ball on halftime, and then they just really struggled to get the Dragons, put them away a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, the Dragons were very resilient. Not what we've seen from the team so far this season. Um, yeah, it's a very fine performance from the Dragons, but unfortunately... Their attack let them down. I think the Warriors were definitely vulnerable. This was definitely a game the Dragons could have won, but they just don't have the tools to be able to pull off games like this at the moment. You know, against the bigger sides when the defense is firing, they just can't seem to find a way to get the victory on the offensive end. And that task gets a little bit harder, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially... You know, look, looking forward next year, the loss of Jay and Sullivan to the Tigers. It's, it's placing a lot of pressure on Amane, uh, which so far, to be honest, I haven't seen him. Uh, but hopefully, Flanagan comes in, he'll switch things around, make it better. But, yeah, I don't know. Where, where do the Dragons go from here? Like, this whole season, you know, it's been another bit of a disaster year. Obviously, sacking, sacking the coach, bringing in a new coach next season. Brian Carr, I thought, has done a pretty admirable job riding the ship, making sure they avoid the wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they still, need to, they still need more players. That's the big takeaway for me. Yeah. Let me just take a look at their current signings for next year. Is their current signing Harme Sele? <laughs> yeah. Like, and they've lost Bud. They've lost a couple of others. 
Like, let's take a look at it. Thanks to our friends at Zero Tackle. They've gained Harmay Sella. They've lost Josh Kerr, lost Embi, lost Woods, lost Jaden Sullivan. Currently off contract, you've got Billy Burns, Fumayono, Louis Toso, Tao Monga, Molheism. I think the only ones you'd be willing to keep, Billy Burns and Molheism. The rest, they're going to have to go to market. They're going to have to pick up some players. This is where I think a Drew Hutchison is perfect for them. I can agree. Like, controlling, calm. It's a start, I guess. It's a start, exactly. And, you know, I feel for the young debutant, Finau. That was horrible for his night to go. Uh, They tried for the full 80, but unfortunately just wasn't enough. Blake Laurie again. Well, you were touching on his performance last week. Another really good performance from him. But for the Warriors, um, really, for me, the story here is their attack. Luke Metcalf down with a hamstring injury. We'll be touching... Uh, do you want me to touch on tomorrow, Martin, now in the lower grade report? Uh, let's save it for the lower grade report. Okay, because I'll go through his stats from there. He only played about 50 minutes in his first game back. It was a load management decision. Yeah. Um, but again, Fanua Blake outstanding, probably man of the match. Torhu, good through the middle. Who stops this team? Who stops this pack? Broncos, Panthers. Those are the only two teams that can stand up to them. Maybe the Storms, they catch them on a good day. But that's that's the bottom half of the top eight. The Warriors are just going to run through them with the forwards. Yeah, I tend to agree. I just had to quickly think there. Uh, Sean Johnson carried the load when Metcalf went off with the two try assists, uh, including that grubber kick for the last try for Fanua Blake. Uh, They do need to get a bit more production off their bench, apart from Dylan Walker. Again... Uh, Sirenen only had four runs. Ford had eight runs. Lusick had five runs in that roaming block roll. So I just think they need to get a little bit more production there, I think. But they've got the Dolphins next week. Do you think they rest players? Yeah. I think if with the Storm going against the Broncos, obviously we'll touch on Jerome Hughes in a sec. Uh, That's going to be a very tough match for the Storm to win even if the Broncos do rest players. I can see the Warriors, you know, they pretty much got third secured. Rest players go in. It's going to be a tough task no matter who they go up against, whether it's the Broncos or the Panthers. So I can definitely see them resting players. They can afford to rest players as well because they'll have the um, major semi second chance in the New South Wales Cup. So they can yeah, afford exactly. to do that, which means we might get a James Gave sliding. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers fingers crossed on that front. But anyway, moving on. uh, Cowboys 34, Dolphins 10. The Cowboys keep their finals hopes alive despite some late changes. Zach Labutt picking up a double on home return. Uh, But they just blew the fins away in that first half, didn't they? Yeah, just this was the Cowboys we uh, were used to seeing last season. Uh, I don't know what's what's changed, what they've gone back to. Uh, it's good to see they finally woke up. 
Took a while though. It took twenty six weeks. Better late than never. <laughs> I do agree. Yeah, you look at it and you see that you did some heavy hitters. Felt outstanding out of yardage. A bit of conjecture around some kung fu fighting from Kyle Felt's legs. What did we think of it? I mean, if that wasn't a trip, I don't know what is personally. But. Um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I guess the you know, referees made a square up call a day later, which Rocco says we're from, so I'll take that. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully going into the finals, that's something that gets called on everything. Yeah, and they just really got a lot of go forward in their favour. Like you look at. Some big go forward here from McLean, Tamalolo, Leilua, Luki, Connor, Neem, all over 100 metres. Uh, Fine Filiaki had four runs, 52 metres in 21 minutes. So they're getting some good production up front. The Dolphins pack just had no answers, and you had Felt run for over 200, Kiku over 200, Tawangi over 200. And this is all with Scott Drinkwater not having to do much in the kick return game with only 135 metres. Yeah, I agree. Um, they, when they play well, they are such a balanced side, the Cowboys. They can get you from all sorts of angles. It's just when they're playing poorly and they're just funneling the ball into Tamalolo or trying to get something happening off the back of Gideon, that's when they're beatable. I tend to agree, my friend. And uh, I just see with this Cowboys side that their pack is getting better. Tamalolo's finding a home in the prop jersey. Cotter's finding a home at 13. They're finally getting that balance, right, that they were missing, especially on their bench as well. I think they just need to find ways to get Fine Filiaki in the game a bit more because... I think he's such a game-breaker off the bench. I agree. I agree. He's such a like, well-built player. Mm-hmm. He had the like, try assist as well. He's got speed, he's got size. He's got speed, he's got size, and he's got hands and feet. Like, <laughs> that, that is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. You know Still what I mean. <laughs> Still struggling with this clue, let me tell you. But um, for the Dolphins, their season just continues to splutter, just like they do in Japanese waters. But one rare exception has been Jermaine Osaka, hasn't it? Yes. Um, another fine try-scoring performance for him, even if it wasn't garbage time. Tries a tries. Tries a try, yep. Wayne Bennett has really brought him back to his best. Um, I think, well, obviously, it's obvious he was, wasn't was a fullback, but he's been able to embrace going back onto the wing. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think that this is the same player we saw horrifically in that Queensland Cup final last year. Um, you know, come bounce back and have this level of a season in the NRL. It shows how much he's willing to work for these better. 
question of how much trust Wayne Bennett has placed yeah. this season. 23 tries, 230 points. It's been quite the career renaissance for Jermaine Osaka, but their forwards, they were absolutely gashed up from and had no answers. And for the second week in a row, I'm left wondering what the hell they're doing with Isaiah Katoa. I don't like it one bit. I've said it before, that the worst thing you can do to a young half is just keep hooking them. I'm going to say it again. Like, I hate it. I hate it. What are they doing to him? They're ruining his confidence. That's what the answer is. This is career suicide. It's just, it's not going to benefit them at all. Like, mm-hmm. they don't. What do they think? Training camp next season, just as magically a better player, just be able to go. Oh yeah, you know, I know I was benched a, a million times last season, but now I'm ready to move forward. That's going to be. This is going to be in the back of his head until he starts being consistent game winner. Like, if they go on a losing run when he's playing eighty minutes. This is going to be popping up again, going, hey, well, remember that time where you had to get benched because Wayne didn't trust you? Mm-hmm. Don't like it one bit. Mm. Ruining, it... ruining the confidence of the guy who was supposed to be one of their biggest signings, one of their biggest scouts. Yeah, 100%, my friend. But we do have something very exciting now because we're going to Melbourne. And that we had a special return. Guess what, everyone? Pappy's back. <laughs> He's back bigger than ever before. Holy shit. Look at the rig on him. Beautiful. He's in my eyes. How good is it to see him back? Uh, we, we missed it. We missed it. 37-16 win for the Melbourne Storm over the Gold Coast Titans. They were made to work for it in the second half for the late Xavier coach try in the, in the latter half of the second half. Uh, set up a lead. And despite the Titans clawing them back a little bit, uh, three tries in the final 20 minutes was enough to seal victory for the Melbourne Storm. Coach continuing his try-scoring ways of a hat-trick, his third, I think, of the season. Uh, some good signs here for the Storm, Reese. Yeah, so Storm, obviously, now we can sort of see them at full strength. Obviously, Papenhausen's still not 100%. Papenhausen's realistically a cameo appearance, but it was a great win for the Storm. Uh in resilience, Titans really sort of came out and tried to, you know, be aggressive and steal the game. But the Storm just proved way too strong, showed their class, flexed their muscles a little bit, and got the job done. They did. They did. Nick Meany, five goals from six attempts. The penalty goal as well. Ran the ball 121 metres. A line break assist, a try assist, four tackle breaks. I think you have to have him in this side at some point, don't you? Exactly. 
100%. I think even if it's just at center or even, you know, number 14, switch him and Pappy around, he has to be inside. He's such an impact player, being such a great player for the Storm in this run to the finals. He's only spot in 17. Where that is, obviously, that's going to be up to Bellyache, and I don't doubt Bruce and Bellyache will make the, the right decision for the way to put him. Mm-hmm. Um, but who – where do you see him playing? Where do you see Meany going? Do you see him going to centre? Do you see him going on the wing? Like, where does he best fit? You know, war breaking types of both. I think it also is a bit of a waste for mm-hmm. me. Because he's so much more than just a finisher and a kick, kick return player. I think you could sort of have him drift across the field as well, uh, be a bit more effective, act as a second fullback behind Pappenhausen. Um, and yeah, obviously, we know with his ball playing as well, that will be brilliant for him. So I think um, probably be looking at dropping Seve, I guess. I dropped on him a PS. Survey's at least been better. Okay, yeah, that's that's a fair shout too. But obviously, I just Senna think that Marion well. delivers. Yeah, Marion's still well. more upside. Senna has obviously been a problem position for Melbourne this season as well. Uh, so, there would be questions about his defence, which I think would be the only negative of putting him in Senna compared to putting him on the wing. But then again, you're not getting much better moving Warbrick or Coates into the centres either, so. Yeah, I tend to agree there, my friend. But uh, the talking point for the Melbourne Storm outside of Pappy returning, uh, Jerome Hughes going off in the 71st minute. Uh, Talk us through this one. Uh, Yeah, so according to NRL Physio, he has a MCL spray, Storm... uh, or they will hope, I think, it's low-grade. But the odds of him being able to suit up for the round 27 match against Brisbane are pretty slim. If it is a grade one, he might be able to make a return for week one of the finals. But again, that's not 100% certain. Certainly, it's not what Melbourne need right on the eve of the finals, is it? No, it isn't. Especially with how we've seen him play in the past. Um, the good news for Melbourne, if there's just the one week thing, obviously East Tigers going straight to the preliminary final in the Queensland Cup. We'll discuss that later. Jonathan mm-hmm. is able to come straight in, not affect that Queensland Cup team. That's a bit of a bonus. It's a bit of a bonus, and you also had Raymond Smith play in the Winham, sorry, not in the Winham, in the East Tigers as well. So there's a lot of different things that Craig Bellamy could do with his side. <laughs> but uh, forward wise, Ellie Katoa again continuing to prove himself on that left hand, sorry, on the right edge. But on for the Titans. Uh, let's talk our way through this because it was a bit of an interesting and a bit of a cooker rotation that they had go on at patches. They had Keeney on. They hooked shop, moved AJ Brimson to centre. What did we make of this from the Titans? Certainly didn't see it coming. That's for sure. Um, 
I feel like Leonard Hand was just trying to put something together to make it all stick. Um, I guess he was a bit desperate. Obviously, you know, Titans wanted to win uh, to play, help close out the season, even if they're not going to be able to make the finals. I guess as well, heading into next season with Des Hasler coming in as coach, figuring out what to do with Brimson and Jade Campbell is going to be priority number one. So, you know, gets getting as many minutes under Brimson's belt in centre probably helps make that decision. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he did okay, but nothing too spectacular. No, I tend to agree, my friend. Um, Chris Randall proving himself quite nicely at hooker, but an important update for listeners of the podcast, Khaleesi Haas had nine runs. Wow. That's incredible. He had 65 metres as well, which I think might be a season high. Uh, oh, yeah, because I think his previous season high was a game where he got 55 metres on one carry. Um, it was a season high! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Must be listening to us. <laughs> he, knows, he, he, sees us when, he sees us when we're speaking. He knows when we're awake. <laughs> he does, my friend. Some good signs, I thought, though, from the Twines. They kept it with Melbourne for long periods, but ultimately they just got away from them a little bit. Weaver looked okay in first grade once again. Uh, again, doing predominantly all the kicking, forced a drop out, had some good moments. Uh, but defensively, Cruz leaning is a bit of a uh, problem. 38 minutes, 15 made tackles, 6 misses. Uh, yes. This is the Super League fraud we were promised. Well, yes. Well, I mean, it's great to see that he finally shows his true colours right on the eve of walking away. I like how he's getting back to Wigan, isn't he? Yeah, Exactly. Uh, but I'm sure Titans fans will have mixed feelings about this since he's had in first grade. Obviously, a couple of good games, lots of a couple of absolute shockers. Uh, he's been able to come in, experience, um, you know, what the NRL is, break break a massive barrier, becoming that first player from East Wakini to play in the NRL. Overall, I rated a solid four out of ten. I'll give at least a five mark. I'll at least give him five, but. Moving on, Roosters 32, Tigers 8. Now, before we go into the usual AJ hyping up his Roosters, I'm going to be brutally honest first and foremost. Yes, we won, but I think the scoreline flatters us. We had a lot of opportunities where we could have put some more points on the board, but we just couldn't. And I'm going to say something a bit controversial here, Reese. Ready to hear what I have to say? Go ahead. Joseph Suali accommodates the Roosters at fullback better than Joseph Manu ever has. Okay. Okay. Like, I can see where you're coming from. 
The wave at that eleven, that twenty-three minutes panned out. It was frustrating. We lacked energy. It was quite lethargic in our attacking approach. So he comes at the back, and all of a sudden we just looked a much different side. Like we had energy. Like we were running onto the football without fear. We were doing everything with a bit more pace. That's just the way I saw it. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Um, they just look better than <laughs> such a simple They just look better than their opponents. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, good to see Sammy Walker come back. That was that first try he scored. That was that was some vintage Sam Walker that we saw out there, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was great to see him play. Um, obviously, back in first grade, and he looked sharper. Mm-hmm. Was the word I'd use to describe than what he was when he got dropped by the Roosters um, way back after round nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he really took a lot of pressure off Luke Curie as well, which, to be fair, is what we expected. But, yeah, I think if the Roosters are to be able to make the finals, he has to be the key player in this upcoming matchup against the Rebels. Yeah, and that allowed Curie to shine, and Peeve was really good once again, delivered a lovely ball for that, that maiden NRL try to Terrell May, and his role in this side, all of a sudden it's going to become a little bit more important. Thanks to this week's lol cow of the week, JWH. If you have judged my Twitter this week, you're probably going to say, oh, here he comes bagging the match review committee. He's not going to take any responsibility for his grub of a player. First of all, that's offensive. That is very blasphemous. I have taken responsibility for Jared's dumbassery. We are up. What was the score when the fucker did his thing? We were up 26-8. 15 to go. Just get through the match without doing anything stupid. Then you decide to, oh, I'm going to try and be a hero. Take out Appy and then have Bud Stefano. My issue is the grading of the Appy incident. I think we've seen similar done for grade one. He's still going to be suspended, but I just don't think that's grade two. I disagree. Um, I think he caught him in a dangerous position. Even if it was around the shoulders, it's still Appy was in a vulnerable position and Jared's gone way too high to you know, make the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, obviously, we've spoken about the duty of care for the defensive player in that situation. He felt that. Um, yeah, 100% he did. Um, and obviously with the headbutt, that's, I think that was going to be pretty much three games other way, um, unfortunately for him. Yeah, because um, Radley got done three weeks and he's got a similar record. Yeah. Um, obviously, the conjecture is going to be that hit on Appy 
I, I'm okay with it overall. I think it's something that needs to be stamped out of the game. Those late shots on the kicker. I, I, I understand if you want to disagree and say because he didn't catch him in an actual like high position caught around the shoulders, it should be red one. Mm-hmm. But from where I sit, hitting them around the shoulders like that is still dangerous. So I'm okay with it being great too. Yeah, 100%, my friend. But I'm going to give the Tigers some credit. They did well. They stuck with us, made it hard for us. Tristan Riley was good out wide, but I'm just going to continue saying, as I've said with the Roosters all along, just fate's in your own hands, boys. I'll touch on who I think should come in for Jared next week. I mean, for those that know me on Twitter, we all know a certain forward who everyone thinks that I want to be in the team. Not going to name names. I've got a framed jersey of him in my room. I'm not going to. Sorry, have I given it away? Maybe a little bit. (laughs) We're doing the stats on um, the Roosters New South Wales Cup game tomorrow. So I'll I'll be having a good look at that. I'll be free-screaming, slow-mowing that try he scored. (laughs) You know, you know me, mate. Uh, anything yeah, you want to add on the Chooks? Uh, no, I think it's pretty much self-explanatory. Obviously, the Roosters know what they have to do going into this final round. Obviously, well, you say it's in your head. Technically, it's not because it's still a little bit in the Cowboys' hands. Um, but end of the day, they're in a much better position now than they were a month ago in terms of making the top eight. And it's up to them to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So where is it? Where is zero tackle? Here we go. The Roosters would still need the Cowboys or Raiders to lose their matches to make the finals. But we do have a better forward against. So all we need is the Raiders to lose and us to win. We don't, then we don't yeah, even need to worry about the Cowboys. Yeah, I, um, yeah exactly. I keep forgetting about the Raiders. Their forward against is so awful. Um, but it's worse than ours. <laughs> they're in the negatives still. They're negative one hundred and nineteen, and we're negative thirty-eight. Yeah. So speaking of the Raiders, we're nailing these segways. Twenty-nine eighteen win for the Broncos over the Raiders. It was a bit of a back and forth first half, but the Raiders. Collapsed in a heap. Brisbane capitalised, and they ran away with it, didn't they, Reese? Um, yeah. Um, it was interesting hearing Dan Ganane say heading into the last period of the game that Canberra's strength isn't the final quarter, but in a game like this, you expect Canberra to be able to step up a little bit. Um, so that that was a lie, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I thought it was, again, just a very resilient performance from the Broncos. No Reynolds or Carrigan, which massively hurt us. And to still be able to walk away with a win, especially against a team in the finals, you have to take that. And a Jock Madden double try assists. Mm. 
sorry, Jay Bronco Zero. I'm really sorry that you had to be subjected to the punishment of running a Jerome Blue Eye profile pic because. Of that. <laughs> uh, no, I thought Madden again showed showed his worth in the Cowboys game, and again he just stepped up, he delivered when he needed to, didn't overplay his hand. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that halfbacks are a lot more natural to him than five eight. But yeah, really, really handy to have that backup uh, halfback option. And yeah, like you said, two try assists. Obviously, you know, both of them were helped a fair bit by Reese Walsh. But you got to be the one to make the pass in that situation, and Jock Madden was. Yeah, 100%. But um, speaking of Reese Walsh, let's just talk about this now. Joe Tappany, fair game? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying fair game. I'm saying a fair game. There's still a time at the clock. End of the day, some ground yet. I don't think he even looked like he was going to, to be honest. He was just sort of standing there waiting to surrender in the tackle. And Tappany let him surrender in the tackle. Um, so. Um, I'm okay with it, uh, but I think there were a couple of other scrubbing moments from the Raiders at the end of the game. Showed that, you know, they did lose a bit of control. So, you know, those are the ones we should discuss instead. Not yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say, um, Flegler, Haas, outstanding. Jensen was good on the bench. Palacia was strong up front. I wanted to see a little bit more from Pierre Curran. I'm a bit disappointed in his work ethic. Um, but for Canberra, let's just talk about this now. And I'm going to say this straight off the bat. Ricky, giving Jared Croker three minutes for his final game at home, that's sackable. You can tell he wanted to drop Croker, but chose not to because it was his final home game. And that was the alternative he came up with. You know, giving him wasting a bench spot to give him three minutes. That's it's not even that for me. Like his edges, like he was playing Rappiner at fullback, wide in the centres where he hasn't played a club footy in. Hey, let's go to rugby league project and check this. Off the, top re- my head, off the top of my head, twenty fourteen. So almost a decade. You're saying twenty fourteen was his last official club footy game at centre. Yeah. Positions played. Um, NRL center. Um, oh my god! Let me just look at his NRL games. Canberra. Why is he so long now? Jesus. I'm just going to say you're right with 2014, but you know, I, that's got to deserve more scrutiny than Sticky wasting everyone's time with that press conference, slamming referee. I, I agree 100%. It was from such a difficult, like, surprising call, really. Like, 
you know, Whiten, I don't think still was 100% either coming off that injury that kept him out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, just completely reshuffle your back line going into effectively a must-win game against arguably the hottest team or second hottest team in the comp. You don't do that. For a coach that's been around for as many years as Ricky Stewart has, mm-hmm. such a boneheaded decision. Yeah. I can confirm, too, that was Wyden's first centre game since round 23, 2014. Okay. Almost a decade. Was it Canberra Stadium against the Dragons? Also coincided with Jordan Rappiner's, uh first game back in fullback. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were going to get a full circle. <laughs> Canberra... Missed the finals in 2014, correct? Correct, that was Sticky's first year. Final things to come, maybe. They didn't finish second last, though, so. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Let's go through a couple of things. Horsbrush suspended. That's three weeks on the sideline for him. Katoni Staggs, he's going to be sighted, I believe. Yes, I think he's got, well, he'll miss a week with an early guilty plea for uh, a little little bit of uh, extra innings in the rough uh, with Jordan Rappinoff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's okay because I think there would have been a good chance he gets rested next week anyway. So, it just forces the Broncos out of the best. Yes, it does. And for Ricky Stewart missing the um, the deadline for the press conference... Also, Jordan Rappiner. Speaking of Jordan Rappiner, what do you think of the trip on Selwyn Cobo than the water bottle throw? I mean, the trip was fairly obvious, wasn't it? I thought it was quite obvious. Did he, did he even make the attempt to tackle? It looked like he dived too early. Uh, he, he looked like Andre Onana in that first goal against uh, Nottingham. At least, um, at least they won. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, um, look, I think the water bottle throw is unnecessary, really. But what did the water bottle do? <laughs> Told them to trip the voices in the water bottle. <laughs> called out to him, told him to trip. But can I just ask, what the hell is a grade two trip at this point? Because it feels like every defense this year, no matter how obvious or impactful it's been, has been deemed a great one. I don't know. <laughs> you have a uh, Saka style slide tackle of player to get a grade two trip. <laughs> you know, have like, to do something, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Ruffman's fines off trips alone have been enough to feed a small country. <laughs> the GB, the GDC uh, of the country, uh. yeah. Moving exactly. on, though. Exactly. Moving on. Uh, Manly 42, Canterbury 24. Um, Manly did enough to win. Uh, they did make life a bit difficult for themselves towards the end of the game, conceding two late tries. But they do win this week's 
inaugural recipiency of Be Nice to a Debutante Award. For giving Gordon Cam come Tom the debut of dreams with that penalty goal at the end of the game. <laughs> I think he earned it too. I thought he was very solid in his stint on the park. So I think he earned the right to get those two points, get off get off the mark in terms of his NRL point scoring talent. Yeah, and a uh, big shout out to Ella, massive fan of what we've been doing here, and she did a lovely gesture for us. She gave us some game notes for Joshy Schuster's New South Wales Cup game. Come back just from Europe to help us out. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Let's yeah, talk about the game, so, though. Yes. <laughs> Tolu Tola, fullback of the future. 312 metres at the back. He's finally... Last season, but yeah, he's come, out, come out this season or today, rather, he looked phenomenal. Like, this was the Joey Manu New Zealand game where everyone realizes that you can play fullback. Yeah, I tend to agree there. Uh, some good signs with Cola three line breaks, a try assist, uh, sorry, three try assists, one line break assist. Uh, Vega Bass was outstanding on the wing. Toff Sipley had one of his best games in grade. 148 metres, two line breaks, and a try on the big fella. Love it when the big man gets over for a meeting. Yeah. Um, Bullimore, good as well off the bench. Uh, we need to figure out what to do with Jerbo, though. Only nine runs for 77 metres. And we need to have a discussion about Kelmatul Lange. He reeks. He is absolutely shit. What an awful, awful pickup by Manly. Seriously. I can't believe there are people thinking they fleeced the Tigers over this. Especially when the Tigers turned around and took the Fighting Brothers from them in the end, too. (laughs) And David Lucas as well. (laughs) And Talal. (laughs) So let's just recap it. They've got they got rid of Kelmatul Luggy, Luke Brooks, Tommy Talao for the Fire New Brothers. <laughs> Seems like a pretty even trade to me. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very even, let me tell you. But for the Bulldogs, um, we need to have some serious, serious discussions about one M Burton. Do you want to kick this off or me? Well, the worst part about this is we can't even call it second-year syndrome. This is his fucking fourth year in first grade. Like, I don't know what to do. No try involvement. Blake Wilson had three try assists. <laughs> <laughs> the winger. Dear me. It's weird because it feels like last year everything good that happened to the Bulldogs happened through Matt Burton, whereas this year it feels like everything good that's happened to the Bulldogs is in spite of Matt Burton. It feels that way, doesn't it? But I just can't figure out why. 
let's let's run through the possibilities. Has he been asked to do too much? Obviously, there's been a bit of a revolving door of halfbacks next to him. Um, so first of all, too much responsibility for him in terms of having to be both the general, the playmaker, and at times the finisher. Yes. Uh, second question: Do you think it's just a case of you know, like I touched on a bit of second year syndrome, given it is only his second season, second full season rather playing in the halves. Let's look at when the Bulldogs have shone this year. So their win over the Storm, three goals, dominated the kicking mm-hmm. game. I just think that we've when the Bulldogs have gone well, it's been because of Burden. He's had sixteen try assists, thirteen line break assists, thirteen force dropouts. 21 games, he's had to do a bulk of the kicking. His edge has been the most defensively targeted as well. When you look at some... I think it's a cheap shot to sit here and blame one player for a whole team's dysfunction, like a lot of people have tried to do with Matt Burnham, because I still think a lot of the guns should be pointed straight at Phil Gould. Enticed the team to basically give what Josh Adekar wanted to bring him in. It's Phil Gould mm-hmm. who launched raids for guys like Burton, guys like Kickout. I know Kickout's been injured, but neither of them have really delivered in Bulldogs jerseys. Um, it's mm-hmm. guy, it's Gould who or- organised the extension for Raymond Tretala Mariner, which hasn't worked out. And it's Gould who effectively left the club with a reserves list that was so thin in first grade experience, it's actually ranked as, you know, when they've had to actually pull the reserves up, it's ranked as one of the least experienced forward packs in NRL history. So, you know, at the end of the day, this team has been built by him. He has to wear the consequences of those failures. And so far, he hasn't. He's just sit here and delivered the sob story approach about how the Bulldogs will be better off in a couple of years. That might be so, but I was looking at a friend of the show, Nick's tweets post-game, and it sums up how the fan base feels. The fan base is pissed off. The fan base wants people there that are committed to fixing the joint. The fan base wants people there that are going to be there for the long haul and want decent answers. Because at the moment, they're up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah, 100%. They, well, what, the Bulldogs haven't made the finals now since 2016, if I'm not mistaken? Correct. Something has to change. Uh, They, well, that's the second longest finals draft, correct? Only behind the Tigers. Mm -hmm. Ahead of the Tigers, I guess. Um, Something has to give with the Bulldogs. There has to be a change. And I know they've gone, they've sacked Trent Barrett last season, brought in Cameron Geraldo. Obviously, it's, you know, you can't sack the coach first year unless they absolutely shit the bed, which I don't think Geraldo necessarily has. I don't think they'll sack Ciro. Yeah, I agree. But if they're going to come into the next season and deliver the same performances they have this year, there has to be change from the top straight down to the bottom. But you look at the Bulldogs fans 
obviously one of the most loyal fan bases in the league. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve to go through another rebuild, but it feels like they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Manly, they get another win to finish the year and some positive building blocks for 2024 for them. But moving on, Russell 32, Cronulla 6, both sides missing their starting halves, but it was the Knights that got the job done. Reese, much-needed win for the Knights, securing their finals place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both sides a bit depleted, obviously. The um, you know, Sharks missing Nico Hines, Knights missing Jack. But I thought the Knights looked almost in cruise control, especially in that second half. First half was very tense. Sharks had some nice chances. Knights had some nice chances. Both teams put one try on board each. But then it was the Knights that really just walked away with it. Really, the only concern for the Knights is going to be the health of Kevin Ponger after that, after that hit in the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, they reckon AC joint? Not what they need. Let me have a look and see what NRL physio tweeted. And did you see he followed us back on our page? Oh, yeah. And that got us to 1,500. Well, um, thank you, guys. <laughs> I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, obviously, thank you, all you legends who have followed us on this little journey of ours. Greatly appreciate all of you. Okay, so the physio has said that Carol Pong will go for scans on a suspected AC joint injury, textbook mechanism with direct contact to shoulder side on. Hope minor moderate sprain considering ability to stay on momentarily. If so, most return in one to three weeks. A pain management issue. He can needle up and play, though. So I'd imagine you just rest him and play Lockie Miller next week. With uh, home finals wrapped up, just rest him. Fifth, sixth, probably doesn't matter. Because obviously, you know, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Sharks, Cowboys, you know, all those teams. I think out of those two, obviously the team they want to play the most is the Sharks or the Raiders. But that, that would actually involve them dropping down to possibly dropping down to six. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think end of the day, Newcastle, when do they play? Saturday night, half seven. And I assume one of those teams plays Sunday. I assume Roosters, Raiders, Sharks. Sharks, Raiders go head-to-head on Sunday. Sharks, Raiders go head-to-head on Sunday. So they won't know which team they play, fifth or sixth, until after their game anyway. Uh, I think the final game of the round. (laughs) And anyway, against the Dragons, you know, I think even if you rest Ponga, I think that's a game you can look at and say, we could still win this game. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, give Ponga a rest and then, Probably needling up week one of the finals. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree there. Uh, no lucky Fitzgibbon, but I thought Dylan Lucas fitting in that back row spot brilliantly. Um, I'd rest Fitzgibbon of another week and play Lucas on current form, to be honest with you. Uh, the the Swafidi twins outstanding. Hasn't Leo Thompson emerged as one of the more underrated front rowers this season? That, uh, I think, well, 
the ability to have one Saifidi always on the bench is such an underrated aspect of what the Knights have been able to do this mm-hmm. season. And it's funny because you thought oh, would have put an end to that, but Leo Thompson's been able to emerge in that starting prop role, just really provide the consistency next to DSAF that allows them to be able to have JSAF coming off the bench. He's really stood up in a big way, I think, hasn't he? Massively. It's great to see from a Newcastle perspective too, being, you know, to have three homegrown forwards, you know, being able to rotate around in your props, that's special. That's especially for a team like Newcastle that takes pride in developing their younger players. Sure, there's a lot of those hardline Novicastrian fans that shed a tear watching watching those guys play. Hundred percent, my friend, and you have guys like Dan Gagai, Dom Young, Bradman Best, Greg Marju, all just absolute meter readers coming out of their own end. Uh, Adam Elliott, I think, is getting better and better with every passing game. Adam Clune, free try assists, free line break assists. You almost be tempted to keep Jacko on ice next week as well <laughs> with the way Clune's playing. You think so? Give him as much time as possible to come back from that ankle injury. Um, let's talk Cronulla, yeah, though. Yeah, let's talk Cronulla. I'm concerned massively. First of all, ob- the obvious thing: Nico Hines isn't worth 26 points. Um. Yeah. Well, I've been concerned about the staff for a while now. Obviously. Uh, there was a time where I had them missing the edge completely. They can't now. They have secured a final first. But there's worries about them, isn't there? The Sharks can technically miss, can't they? I think it would have to take a major point differential swing to get them. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And plus, we'd have to rely on Canberra making the fucking eight. Yeah, well, well they play each other. Charles and Canberra, so one of those teams will be at risk, but I think Canberra's a lot more at risk than Cronulla is if they were to lose. Yeah, and I just look at Cronulla's performance today, like they were lethargic, flat, they completed at 66%, they missed 61 tackles, uh, they didn't even look in the contest, discipline, a massive issue, like, I'm just really puzzled with these Cronulla Sharks at the moment, like, I don't think that they're in the game. They just look outcompeted in almost every facet. And I think that come finals, they're probably a week one plotter, even with Nico. It's inconsistency. If, if we were to get the Sharks that we saw, you know, at the start of the season, like that's a team you can look at and say, they can upset one of those top four teams, make a charge to the prelim. But the Sharks in the last two months, 100% week one exit, 100%. Newcastle, Souths, Trooks, Cows, they will feed on them. 100% they will. And let's take a look now at this ladder. Brisbane on top on 42. Penrith 40, Waz 38, Storm 36. That's the top four. Bottom half of the eight looks like this. Knights, Sharks, Raiders, Rabbitohs. Next half, outside the eight, just in contention. You've got the Cowboys and the Roosters. And then, eliminated on 28 points, 
Parramatta Eels. And to celebrate their mission fail, this is the Parramatta Eels in 2023. What is it? What is it? Like, have we gone back to the era where the runners up will just miss the finals the next year? <laughs> we might have. We had that all the time. The Eels, obviously guilty of that in 2009. Your Roosters did it a year later. We did. There we got Manly 27, Titans 22, Finns 22, Canterbury 20, Dragons 16, Tigers 14. And you'd have to assume that unless a miracle happens for and against wise, that's them with the spoon. Yep. Anyway, on to the NRLW for this week. Uh, kicking off on Saturday, Parramatta picking up their first win in front of 520 spectators. 16 points to 12. Kimberly Hunt picking up a double. The Cowboys picked up two tries in two minutes, but it wasn't enough to see a victory. Uh, top runner of the football was Fran Goldfort with 171. Mahalia Murphy doing all the damage for Parramatta with 180 metres. The crowd picked up to 1,312 to watch the Titans 23. Dragons 22. Lauren Brown kicked a 69-minute field goal to seal victory. Tegan Berry picked up four tries. And just under 300 metres, she is an absolute beast. Has to be one of the first names on the Jillaroo's team sheet this year. She has been phenomenal. What, what, is it safe to say she's been the pick, the pick of the bunch at the back? I think it's fair to say that. Maybe Ivania Politi's a close second. She's been outstanding as well this year. Mm, yeah, I can agree with that. But you could basically pick about half the fullbacks in NRLW in the back line. Like, you can probably <laughs> play... They play Politi on the wing. You can play Berry on the wing. You can play Upton at fullback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it's just so talented, the fullbacks in the NRLW, seriously. Yeah. Brittany Braley nardi made 43 tackles. Uh, Roosters, 48. Tigers, 10. Mia Wood picked up a hat-trick on Deboo. Uh, Jocelyn Kelleher kicked only four goals from 10 attempts. Isabel Kelly had 196 metres. For the Tigers, Sarah Tokatuki picked up a try, ran for 140 metres and was simmed in for a hip drop. Uh, so a mixed bag afternoon for her. Uh, Broncos, 40. Raiders, 8. Uh, sole performance by the Bronco ladies. 10-8 at halftime, but an absolute onslaught in the second half. The only question mark was an injury to Ali Brigginshaw. Yeah, broken nose. Broken nose. Um, so I think she's going to have scans tomorrow. Hopefully nothing too serious. Hopefully yeah. it's just one of those ones you can patch up and send them back out there next week. But we will have to wait and see. Yeah, a nice return for a Julie Robinson, 160 metres, three line breaks and a try. Top tackler, Samima Taufa with 32. And then today's other match, a bit controversial. Newcastle 22, Sharks 14. Uh, the Sharks were down 16-0. They scored three tries in the second half to just come narrowly short. There was one try taken off them for a very, very tight obstruction call from Casey Badger, but alas, it's all good. Uh, Yasmin Clyde, 163 metres. Vanessa Foliaki making 31 tackles. 
Looking at the ladder, the Roosters and Knights on top on 10 points. Roosters have a plus 122 for and against. Solid six games. Jesus. We aren't here to fuck spiders. <laughs> then you got the Titans and Raiders inside the top four on eight points. Broncos on six points. The Sharks on four points along with the Tigers, Dragons and Cowboys. Parramatta finally break their duck on two points in 10th position. Yeah, um, sad to see the Tiger bubble burst with that Roosters loss though. Indeed it is. Um, how do we want to do the lower grade report? Do we want to do the finals first into round no, let's, let's go New South Wales Cup first, then we'll go to the Queensland Cup finals. Okay, fair enough. So let's kick off round 26 of the New South Wales Cup. Warriors 42, Dragons 12, all eyes on Tamar Ray Martin. In this one, he got through about 50 minutes, was replaced uninjured. Uh, let's have a look at Tamaro's stack line. Reese. Yep. 51 minutes, 10 runs, 61 metres, a line break, two try assists. Well, I think he's, oh, especially with Metcalf's injury, he's definitely ready to go back into first grade. Yeah. Ronald Volkman had 14 points. He's another option. Uh, Tain to a picket fullback, 28 runs, 235 metres, uh, and picked up a try. Picked up a double for the Dragons. Alexander Lobb, 171 metres. And two goals. I think he ended up, if I'm not mistaken, top point scorer. No, Volkman pipped him at the post at the end. Damn, unlucky. Got 170 points to 178. <laughs> Maybe he seems to have done so trash against Volkman's team in the last game of the season. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what cost him the title. <laughs> um. Parramatta 34, Panthers 24. Penrith needed to win. Penrith led 24 to 4 and proceeded to concede five second half tries to so Parramatta sent Jordan Rankin out a winner. See, the Panthers are beatable. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Eisenhoof made 43 tackles. Dion Amatuangai, 133 metres. Our boy Lockie Blackburn picked up the comeback starting try. Hey, that's excellent. It was a Sir Dominic's College Masterclass. Zach Sini double. <laughs> oh, oh, beautiful. Makes up for that unfortunate loss in the midweek. We don't talk about Schoolboy Cup. <laughs> We've called Churchill coaches a um, down 32-0 lane. <laughs> Subtle reference, if you know, you know. <laughs> Uh, Arthur Miller-Steven had 169 metres. Jaden Yates, 36 tackles. Is Quick question about that. Is AMS playing fullback or wing for the cup? Fullback. Yeah, I thought so. Newtown, 48. Newcastle, 10. Uh, Kale Ilor picked up a hat-trick. Sam Stone Street picked up a double. Kai Pickering, Manaya Waitier, uh, Brad Fernie and Jensen. Tama Powell picked up tries. Pudu kicked six goals from nine attempts. No stats for these games as of yet. For the Knights, tries to Kyle McCarthy and David Armstrong. Liam Sutton kicked one goal from two attempts. Uh, Canterbury v Blacktown. Blacktown 32-22 winners. Clayton Fualo picked up a double, which saw him level Kale Otio's try-scoring record for most tries in a season. Legend. Of course, rest in peace, Kato. Uh, Kato Otio 
had 20 in 2016. Fawalo's topped that with 29 this year. Well, great respect to a legend. Great respect to a mighty legend of the game. Uh, let's take a look. Fawalo double, Boyle, Toby, Condon, Fulton, Humphreys four goals. For the Bulldogs, Moran, Rajab, Pele, Hayes, Sua kicking three goals. Uh, some comments on the game, thanks to Ella PK3, the Gordon Cam come Tom legend you are. Uh, you enter the game. I asked you for some comments on Mr. Schuster. Where is it? I just had it here before. Don't tell me she deleted. Here we go. Really underwhelming in the first half. It looked a lot better in the second. Got a 40-20 and free try assists in the second half. Interesting he played 5-8, even though Seeds says he sees him as a second rower and needs to work on his game there. Well, maybe Luke Brooks doesn't have an easy path to first grade after all. <laughs> For Canterbury, though, that's a disappointing year. Uh, they were sitting top with, I think, how many rounds was it to go? They were top with six rounds to go and then have lost it out. Ugly end to the season. But again, like we touched on with first grade, I guess their depth has just been tested so much at the NRL level. It's left them vulnerable in New South Wales Cup and eventually it just cracked. Yeah. Uh, culminating in an embarrassing 26-16 loss to the Roosters. <laughs> Their last win on the year. Speaking of the Roosters, 44, uh, Western Suburbs 44, Roosters 32, defence optional at Wentworth Park <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, some interesting ones for the Roosters. Dylan Napa, Angus Crichton, Nafar, who White all played. Uh, Dad was doing the interchanges, so I can bring you a report. Angus Crichton was hooked at halftime, didn't play any further part in the game. Ouch. Uh, Nafu White did have a brief stint in his in his favoured to be playing over Angus ahead of Jared next Friday. Do you think it's time for Angus to seek a new opportunity at another club? Maybe. Uh, I'll have to watch the game for myself tomorrow. But How, mu- how much money are you paying him? Uh, I think three quarters of a mil. Yeah, yes, I feel like that money will be best spent elsewhere. Uh, Let's look at some try scorers. For the Magpies, Samasi Koya picked up a double. Uh, Sioni Hopawadi, James Boletu, Jay Kirk, uh, Tommy Talau, Jack Boiling, and James Romanos. For the Roosters, Noel Walker Falau, Riley May picked up two tries. Nafu White scored. Terrell Nilfi and Jade Anderson picked up tries. Final game, most important Raiders 36, Bears 14. Bears led 12 0 at one stage before. Um, doing what they did last week and giving up the goat. Canberra sealing the win. Tries scored by Savage, Morcos, Webb, Levi and Chevy Stewart. Stewart kicking three goals, two penalty goals. Josh James, two goals and a penalty goal. Chevy Stewart also simmed in after a scuffle with Junior Powger. Ben Stefanovic also simmed in in a fiery second half. Canberra really want to make it hard for themselves in the finals, don't they? <laughs> they do. But now we can announce our top five. Minor Premier is on 36, North Sydney. 
In second place on 34, South Sydney. In third on 33 points, the Warriors. In fourth on 33, Canberra. In fifth, of course, you have a top five, Blacktown on 32. What a race it's been this season. Now, outside on six, in sixth place on 31 points, you have Newtown. Seventh in 30 on Penrith on 30. Shows you how close it was. Mm. Then Canterbury 29, Parramatta 27, St. George 23, West 22, Newcastle 20, and the Roosters picking up the wooden spoon with 14 points. Can't win them all, Roosters, can you? No, and as I've said this year, like, I'm not. This is just, yeah, development here for the Roosters New South Wales Cup side heading into the standalone feeder next season, so. Yeah, I think we used like 51 players, as I mentioned, this yes. year. Really good opportunity for some guys to come up through our development sides. Like, a really good opportunity for some of the guys there. And I'm really happy with what we've seen from them. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure as well, heading into next season, obviously, all the first grade contracted players will be going to the Roosters and Reserves. But on top of that, those guys who have been given a chance this season, they'll be able to be called upon, they'll be able to have that New South Wales Cup experience under their belts. And yeah, they should do much better next season than they did this season. Yeah. Host Plus Cup Week 1 Finals. Let's take a look at them. You had the Brisbane Tigers 36, Souths Logan 26. Uh, Blake Moser did pick up a try. Corey Pakes got simbined. Well, that makes it a bit more difficult for South Logan, doesn't it? Um, yeah, Glax uh, Lerman had 176 metres, Cole Guy 30 tackles. Tarek Sims was pretty good in the middle, running for just over 139 metres. However, you were touching about Jonah Pezzett before. He was taken from the field injured after 12 minutes. Yes, uh, I did hear about that from our sideline reporter on the day, Mr. Aidan Edgecombe. Um, yeah. Not the best, but I think hopefully just a minor one because obviously Melbourne will be needing him next week. Uh, I guess unless they're going to make the call to move Harry Grant to halfback, or they can, so, or they can make the really big ball move and bring Tyron Wishart into halfback. Oh, oh. <laughs> against the Broncos, that's a war crime. Jeez. So what this means for the finals? Is that you're going to have South? You're going to have. Let me try and. Well, let's let, let's go through the rest of the games first before we talk about what the next week is. Yeah, the just making sure. I just wanted to explain it wasn't an elimination game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So Burley, do, they, they do not use the McIntyre system in the Queensland Cup. They use the same system we have in the NRL. <laughs> uh, Burley thirty-eight, Capras twelve, uh, Capras. Absolutely blown apart despite Edric Lee crossing. Anthony Milford, I think, played in this game as well. Yes, he did. Uh, really dominant display from Burley. Stats aren't in for this game yet. What are they doing in Limerick? For fuck's sake. <laughs> Tyro Roberts, 14 points. Josh Padston, a try. Tony Francis, a try. Credence Toyer, a try. Sammy Saluma, a try. Kay Pede and Dante Luizio, tries. 
really dominating display from Hurley in this one. Uh, again, defence optional in this elimination final today. Sunshine Coast 46, Dolphins 36. Jesus Christ. 42-36 that game finished. 13 tries. The Falcons were up 34-6 at the break. 74-point final. Or 78-point final. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the Dolphins are the first team eliminated from the Q Cup. Max Plaffer double. Trey Fuller, Brady McGrady, Sheldon Pitamar, Jared Boland tries. McGrady kicks six goals. Tyson Cleal with Simbind. For the Falcons, Wishart double. Olam, Anderson, Nicolima, Galliano, Farlongo. Wishart six goals and a penalty goal. Yeah, solid display from the Falcons. Indeed. Now, our loyalty here at the league scene is split. Winner Manly 15, Northern Pride 14. This is very awkward. A 93rd <laughs> minute winner from Josh Rogers was the difference. It's weird because... On one hand, I'm obviously happy Wynnum being a Broncos feeder team. Very happy to see them into the semifinals. On the other hand, it's awful to see Northern Pride season in this way. It's, what, what a season they've had, though. You know, completely cast out by the Cowboys. No first-grade players except for that random Kyle Phelps cameo that we still, we still don't know why that happened. Uh, but... Finishing ahead of the Blackhawks, getting into the finals. But, oh, man, 13 minutes of extra time to have your season-ending heartbreak. And Will Partridge scored a try. Yeah, just sink the dagger in even further, AJ, why don't you? But he kicked one goal from three attempts. He was playing in the centres today, Will Partridge. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, we've, we've ridden the ride together, Will. Thanks for an incredible season, Willie. Uh, let, let's wrap it up again next year. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're riding this journey together next season. We've had a lot of fun with Will Partridge in a pantry in season <laughs> 2023. But looking ahead to next week, week two at the finals, Saturday we'll see South Slogan play Wynnum. That's going to be a good one. Civil War, that's a 210. That is not the KO game. The KO game next Sunday will be between the Capras and Sunshine Coast from 210. Of course, you get one free game to watch every week. That is the free game this week. Yep. Enjoy while you can, my friends. <laughs> it is time for this week's logout. No. I've done mine already, so it's time for Reese. I could easily go with Daniel Ricardo's right hand for fucking breaking on him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with uh, Manchester United again this week. I'm going to go for the amount of people who decided they wanted Ten Hag sacked after <laughs> that loss to Tottenham. Uh, just annoying. First of all, is what I'd put it. But there's a stat going around. Most points picked up through uh, first 40 games in, as a Premier League manager. 
and Ten Hag's only behind Pep. Like, you look at the team he inherited. You look at the team he's still fucking running around with now. Like, he's delivered the results. Uh, overperforming what this team is. I think scapegoating him just shows, I think, a bit of the history of United in that we've never given the manager a really a fair go. <laughs> we we need to stick with this project with Ten Hag. I think I still believe in what he's delivering and hopefully the club does too. Hopefully, my friend. But anything else as we head into round 27 of the NRL season, mate? Um... I think let's just go through the final places scenarios one more time, just to close, just so everyone has a full idea of what is at stake heading into the final round of the season. Let me take it. Let me get up that document once again. So every NRL game, of course, the Broncos win. They get the minor premiership. If they lose, they can only drop to second. For the Storm, if they win and the Warriors lose, they can still advance to third on the table. Their spot in the top four is now secure. Because the Knights won today over the Sharks. Yep. Nothing in the Manly Tigers game, so let's skip that. Roosters and Rabbitohs. For the Rabbitohs, it's for them, they're four and against to ensure they do play finals footy if they win. The Roosters, on the other hand, will still need either the Cowboys or Raiders to lose their matches to get into the finals. But they can go past the Raiders for and against. But they need the Sharks to win. The Warriors... They've mathematically locked up their spot in the top four. However, they will need a 153 points for and against turnaround of the Panthers if they want to host a week one final in Auckland. However, they can, they can fall from third to fourth a lot realistically. All that will take is a loss to the Dolphins and the Storm being the Broncos. For the Panthers, they need to win and the Broncos lose for the minor premiership. For the Cowboys, though, winning is non-negotiable. If they win, they'll be on 32 points. Then they'll be sweating on the Raiders losing, all the Roosters knocking over the Rabbitohs, unless their win over Penrith is big enough for a 34-point for-and-against turnaround with the Rabbitohs. Uh, nothing to focus on with the Knights. They can't advance much height. Final game of the season is the most critical. To miss out for Canberra, they'll need to lose, have the Cowboys win, and the Clash with the Roosters and Rabbitohs not finished with a draw. If that happens, both of those sides will finish on 31 points, one behind the Raiders, and Canberra would be safe. If the Cowboys lose, then only one of the Roosters or Rabbitohs could jump them. With Cronulla, if they win, they get to play an elimination final. What would what would need to happen for Cronulla to miss the finals? Cronulla can still technically miss the finals if they lose the Rabbitohs win and the Cowboys win by a huge margin, enough for a sixty-eight point four and against turnaround. Then the Sharks would miss out altogether. Obviously, there's a, a bit of um mathematics that just going into it, but there's still so much at stake heading into this final round of the season. I love like, it. Mate, this season has captivated us for 26 weeks. We're going to be captivated for one more month, but we've got one more round of this regular season. Just, I think this will be the best round of the year. Giddy up, giddy up. Reese, thanks very much for joining me. Ah, thank you for having me, AJ. And we'll see you next week for a recap where AJ could be in a lot of tears. Take care, <laughs> everyone. All right, bye, guys.